Welcome to the Knox Soccer Podcast, where we tell the soccer stories of our favorite big town, little city, Knoxville, Tennessee. And I'm Patrick Teasdale. And I'm Brian Canever. We are in the Secret Service SUV, winding our way through the mountains, bringing you the car take of the Asheville City SC versus One Knoxville. This match was our second meeting with Asheville City, avenging the 2-1 defeat of One Knoxville's inaugural match. Brian, how was it, man? Whew, it was incredible, Patty. The atmosphere was lively. Uh, Asheville showed up in big numbers. They had their South Slope Blues, your supporters group, out there uh, bringing back the 2010 South Africa vibes with oh, Vuvuzelas and police sirens. You know, I admire the passion, but in Argentina, we use this phrase, amor sin parlantes, and that's love without speakers. And I, I wish yep. it would have showed a little bit more love without without the Vuvuzelas necessary, right. without the trombones every five seconds. But the atmosphere was lively. Uh, more than a dozen scruffs showed up to watch one Knoxville claim the 3-1 victory. And in doing so, the 4-3 aggregate lead, which claimed the Smoky Mountain Series and got them the Golden Boot Trophy. Woo, the Golden Boot. That's a weird thing to say because Golden Boot's usually for goal scorers. Yeah, that's but true. The Golden Hiking Boot. It's a wonderful trophy. It is this huge old hiking boot trophy made by a local soccer player here, and it is a fun one to pass around between Asheville City and one Knoxville, and we bring it home the first season, the first matchup, and we are so proud of it. We rolled into Asheville an hour ahead, catching the last few minutes of the USLW match, and as the sun was setting, we got underway. The final match of the Smoky Mountain Series, battling for that Golden Boot Trophy, but really the top of the table, really deciding who is going to the playoffs. And uh, we've walked away. One Knoxville. We are on top. Yeah, uh, so this officially puts one Knoxville at top of the South Central with 25 points, leaving Asheville with 23 points. A little bit of a gap between them and the third-place team, Tormenta, at the moment, but uh, there are still many teams with games in hand. Several times the announcer claimed this would decide the division, but as Mark McKeever will remind you, there are four regular season games still left to play. However, for the moment, with one Knoxville and Asheville looking like the dominant teams in the South Central, it seems like one Knoxville just has to continue getting the business done, and they get to claim their first real trophy of the season uh, with the South Central putting them in a prime spot when they go into the Southern Conference playoffs. Of course, like I said, Patty, four games left, so we shall see. We were in the away set of stands, which there were few and proud one Knoxville fans there, but we are scattered all about. So we were really uh, surrounded by uh, Asheville City fans that were very polite, very uh, friendly. But man, I was stressed <laughs> during the first half. The Vuvuzelas, the pr uh, police sirens, knowing what was on the line. I was tense from the get-go. Going into halftime, we emerged scoreless, and that kind of felt, it was kind of a relief, really. I hurried over to the Scruffs. They were having a wonderful time heckling the fans, as well as the, the photo team. I was able to interview a couple of them. Let's go ahead and get to them right now. Can you please introduce yourself? Jacob Allen. And Jacob, was it ever a question if you would actually travel the measly two hours to support your favorite team? Hell no. <laughs> Tell me about it. Whenever I seen that it was coming up soon, I was like, I need to have that day off. But my boss was like, no, nah, you got to work that morning. So he was like, you can go at five and then just took the hour and 50 minute drive here. We'll say that I kept it under 100, but that's about it. How the lads and cream look out there? Oh, we're looking a little okay. I mean, I'd like to see more pressure. 
But, I mean, the refs are not letting them play, and they just need to. Scruffs versus whatever is happening over in that other stand over there. Who is better? I haven't heard them once. I mean, the only thing I've actually heard is their drum, but that's it. Their horns, like, whatever that is. Uh, if you were Coach Mark McKeever over there in the huddle, what would you be telling the guys? Put the pressure up. I mean, they want to flop, but don't touch them. I mean, the refs are going to keep it with how they're going. Just keep it up, put more pressure on, and let's score a goal. There's only one Knox. Before we dive into the match and hear from the coach and all the goal scorers, let's take a short break. Markman's is a proud sponsor of the Knox Soccer Podcast and One Knoxville SC, located at 6932 Kingston Pike. Markman's has been Knoxville's choice for diamonds, fine jewelry since 1976. Visit MarkmanDiamonds.com. Uh, so one of my favorite things about Markman's, Patty, is that they make very shiny things. Very shiny, shiny. things that make people happy, like how a golden boot trophy might make dozens of, of Knoxville players and fans very, very happy. And so Markman's has all of your shiny watch needs. They've got all your shiny diamond ring needs, anything that will make your woman especially happy. Uh, but you know, the fellas, treat yourself as well. Go over, talk to Jeff Markman, a good friend of the pod, a good friend of one Knoxville, a beloved Knoxville soccer supporter, and ask him, what do you recommend? And I guarantee you, he will give you just what you need. Markman's does not carry uh, replicas of the Golden Boot Trophy yet, but we are talking to Jeff to see if we can get that happening. Maybe some earrings, uh, a ring itself. A necklace with and, where, out, with yeah. a boot dangling on, yeah. on, on it. A gold chain. I would, I think... I could rock that, you know. Yeah, you know how people used to uh, wear the, or at least where I grew up in New Jersey, they would wear these big gold chains with like the New York Yankees logo on the absolutely. bottom. That, but with like the boots. Yeah, absolutely. The Smoky Mountains. Das Boot. The Smoky Mountains Das Boot. I think that's a winner. So Jeff, coming for you, buddy. All right, so let's do our shout out for this episode is a five-star review from Apple Podcasts from Jim Ensar. Love listening to this hometown podcast. So many diverse guests. Keep it up, Patrick and Brian. Thanks so much, Jim. We will definitely do that. It's not even hometown anymore. We traveled through the mountains over to Asheville. What am I trying to say? <laughs> I don't know, Patty. It's 1127 right now as we're driving <laughs> the mountain. It's a little late. I, th I think what you're trying to get at is that, yes, we are a hometown podcast. We're hometown guys, but we will follow where the soccer leads us. Absolutely. And tonight, it led us across the Smoky Mountains. We'll see where it takes us next. All right, Brian, let's get into it. Let's talk about this match. I was tense coming into this. You were a little bit more uh, relaxed. Give us a full lowdown. How'd this match play out? I was surprised that sitting in, in the stands, uh, like you said, around some very nice, friendly Asheville City fans, before the whistle blew, I wasn't really that nervous. I had spoken to Coach McKeever yesterday, talked through the aftermath of the Peachtree City match, which we covered in our last podcast episode. And he talked about some changes that he was making to the team in order to play a style of football that exploited the weaknesses of Asheville City. So you saw in the players that made the starting 11, we had a lot of height. Max McNulty came back into the side. Sebastian Andresen started. Yannick Kranz, who played in a holding midfield role against Peachtree City and has appeared just three times so far this season. He started in an advanced midfield role. We also saw Buster Schoberg. Uh, the big Swede make his return on the back line, as well as the big red wall, Finn McRobb. We had a lot of players that were there for the set pieces. You know, I, I can't really say why I didn't feel that nervous, but I can, I can tell you that once the football started, 
things got wild and crazy pretty quick. Within 30 seconds, we saw a hard foul from Jamesy, I believe it was. Then within 20 minutes, we had two one Knoxville players on yellow cards. We wound up seeing eight yellow cards as well as a second yellow uh, for Captain James Thomas on the bench, which is potentially going to suspend him against Tennessee SC this Saturday at home. We saw two yellows for Asheville City. The match was very, very chippy. It was very aggressive. And so I started to get really wound up during it. Part of me wanted to have a conversation with the referee and ask him, uh, what he was watching on the field, what he thought he saw, give him uh, my own personal take and how to uh, manage game, keep it calm because it was anything but calm out there. And I think that enveloped all of the fans around us, particularly in the supporter sections for both One Knoxville and Asheville City. It was the running joke uh, near the end of the match of who doesn't have a yellow card we were chanting out and one of the Asheville City supporters was like, oh, one Knoxville goalkeeper doesn't have a, a yellow card. Might as well give him one, too. Amazingly, Sebastian Andresen, who committed the foul that led to Asheville City's goal, was one, he was one of the few players that did not pick up a card, and he did everything that he could to get one, including on Yannick Kranz's first goal, which was an absolute cracker of a strike. I think he was trying to go up against Zion Andraja for goal of the season. Uh, he took a deflected ball early in the second half. Uh, hit a one-time driving daisy cutter shot from outside the 18 to put one Knoxville up 1-0. He gave the crowd uh, a little bit of the finger to the lips to silence them. Sebastian Andresen ran over, uh, put his uh, hand to his ear and asked, I can't hear you anymore. Uh, where did you go? But somehow he made it out with no cards. After Yannikron's opened the scoring, it was interesting to see how the game shifted, as well as that opening up more goals for one Knox as Asheville City had to spread out and defend. It seems like they're a little bit more on their back foot. All right, now let's get to the gaffer who was not satisfied with the Peachtree City outcome as well as play from the lads. But tonight, we had a gleeful gaffer. So let's get on over to Mark McKeever. Coach, we saw you celebrating with the players on the sideline after a very physical, very chippy, very aggressive match. Can you talk me through how good it felt to pull off the victory and win the Golden Smoky Mountain Series boot? One word. Yes! There you go. That covers it. <laughs> Coach, we know you were disappointed with the players' performance on Saturday. You switched up the team going into today's match. We saw... Uh, a lot more height in the team, set up to potentially exploit the set-piece opportunities. In the first half, it uh, didn't really come to pass. There were a lot of yellow cards that went out. There was discussion of potentially making changes in the in the second half, but you stuck to your guns, sent out the same players, and it paid off with Yannick Kron scoring a goal off a set-piece. Uh, same thing with the second goal from Buster Schoberg. Can you talk to me about the philosophy of play coming into this game? Yeah, we were set up. Going away from home is different from playing at home. You know, we want to be a little bit more intricate. We want to have the ball and, and entertain the crowd. But when you go away from home, you have to, sometimes you have to win dirty. It's all about getting the points. And and tonight we did that. You know, we uh, we put a shift in. Uh, we put our head in where it hurts. We won the physical battles all over the field. And we bullied our way into a victory tonight. Can you talk to me about the character of this team? Because from the opposite side of the field, I could see the supporters group for Asheville uh, throwing up the smoke, using police sirens, using horns. Um, they were uh, very, very loud, very aggressive. We saw the referee also hand out eight yellow cards, a ninth that was a, a red card uh, to James Thomas, two for Asheville. Uh, how did your team perform under those conditions and how do you feel like they showed themselves tonight in a very hostile atmosphere? Yeah, it was very hostile. Um, you know, the, 
the, the fans were talking about the players' mothers, um, players' families. I think it's a little bit much, but it is what it is. If that's their style, then so be it. We shut their mouth by what we're doing on the field, and that's that was the whole thing coming in. Shut them up by the product on the field and between the lines uh, from the starting whistle to the to the final whistle. So we shut them up, and now yeah, they can go back and think about some of the things that he said to these young men who are, you know just working hard, trying to make their way into the professional game. We held a class in the field, we won the game, so. So we know that Asheville came to Knoxville in the first ever game of this club's history and won uh, 2-1. Um, it was a bit of a, of a spoiler to the party. Now you come in and win 3-1 at home, which claims the Smoky Mountain Series and also puts one Knoxville in first place in the South Central Division. Uh, we've talked about the potential of this team to make a run in the playoffs. You've also talked about how three points are three points and it doesn't matter who it comes against. Where do you think the team is in terms of its level, in terms of its performances this season, especially as you now go back home uh, to play Southern Soccer Academy next Saturday? Yeah, the, the, the words that we've been using since, uh, and I think we've, we've talked about this earlier on in conversations, was uh, to be relentless and ruthless. And I think we were that tonight. And I think, uh, as I said to the boys at the end there, we added a, a third R and it was very resilient. You know, we, we gave them nothing. You know, it was, uh, it was uh, yeah, I mean, it was a great performance. Great performance. We'll take all day long. We saw Buster Schober come back into the lineup and score a goal. Uh, we know that he's, I think Dino described him to me as a Viking who never wants to come off even when he's hurt. Sebastian Andreessen also fought up top, but the players uh, refused to back down. Were there any individual performances tonight uh, that really impressed you where you thought the players really, really uh, made a good show of, of who they are? I think as we go in and we look at... Uh, uh, Saturday's performance, I think we, we struggled to get four players that were above par. Tonight, we had no no players that were below par. Everybody played a role. Everybody was, yeah, everybody was a warrior tonight. Buster and Seba obviously set a, a great example, but, you know, Max is back there making tackles, big headers in the box for us, clearing his lines, covering the ground. Uh, Yannick has come up good after you know, getting a little bit of a grilling at half time. He's come out and scored the goal and he's took it and he's tried. Uh, and then, obviously, you know, we've used the whole squad today, which we've tried to do that in most of the games. And Gio came off the bench, gave us quality. Steven was fantastic. Uh, Simon had a great moment. Obviously, he's been doing fantastic at training. So this is a great moment for him. Marco gave us a little bit of calm uh, on the ball as well. We Mitch always gives us quality on the ball, off the ball. A great wee character. So, no, everybody gets pass marks tonight. Everybody's closer to the potential tonight. And you see that with the result. Asheville are a very good team. Very, very talented. Twice we've been a better team. We've outshot them. We've created more chances. And tonight was a little bit of a different stamp of... Uh, the press, we, we allowed them to have the ball just a little bit more to come at us, but uh, there was a big red wall in there, wasn't there, somewhere? <laughs> and a big Viking as well. <laughs> there was. So last thing, Coach, I'm watching right now as the scruffs are mingling with the players. We saw more than a dozen people come out. They stood in the corner of the field. They were singing. They were waving the flags. Yeah. Oh, what does it mean to you to see supporters make the two-hour drive on a weeknight, on a work night, uh, to come out and, and support the boys and cheer them on and get in there with them after the match? Yeah, I, I think when we look at the, the perspective from the players, um, you know, it's three points. It's, it's no bigger than the three points last Saturday. It's no bigger than what, what will the three points will be next Saturday. Uh, it's three points. But to give the fans a wee bit of pleasure with a wee trophy, uh, you know, I don't think that one's for the players. I think that one's for the fans. And obviously to drive fear over the, over the mountains and, and come and support us the way they did. I love the Scruffies. Love them. <laughs>
Brian, tell me about Buster Schoberg. He's been in the squads, maybe a favorite of Mark when he wants all of the tall lads to get out there. But Buster is more than just a tall Swede. Talk to me about Buster. Uh, Dino calls him his Viking because he's a player that does not like to come off the pitch even when he's got a knock. We didn't see him in the Peachtree City match. Uh, but we, as you remember, in the first Asheville match, uh, the fans really took to him. Uh, they started singing, he's here, he's there. He's every freaking where, Buster. Then they adapted it to his here. He's here. He's there with Swedish golden hair, uh, Buster. Uh, Buster Schoberg stood strong. He got the second goal to manage after Kronz's opener. It was off a James E. corner kick. Uh, Buster went up, scored at the far post, what was the near post for him. And then the, the crowd went nuts, or at least the one Knoxville faithful went right, nuts. Right, exactly. James E. threw himself into the scruff supporters who were right there, right beside him as he hit that corner kick. Uh, Buster is an outstanding. Refer to our Instagram. We got we got that one live on our Instagram. Fantastic celebration. It was uh, a great goal. Buster was one of the few players to not pick up a yellow card, uh, amazingly, and he stood strong on the back line. He really prevented Asheville from uh, being able to make the breakthrough uh, and, and get shots away inside the 18. He, McRobb, and Alberto Suarez really left Asheville in the position where they had to take their opportunities from outside the 18. And other than that one free kick goal, which was an absolute beauty. Peter Swinkles stood strong in goal, and the team really shut him down in defense. All right, let's get on over to our three goal scorers, starting off with Buster Schoberg. So I've got big Buster Schoberg here tonight. Uh, Buster, uh, before we start, can you please tell us the proper way to pronounce your name? Uh, Buster Schoberg, that's how you say it in Swedish. So. It's a little bit different. In English, I would say Buster Schoberg. So I feel like that's that's a correct in English. Okay, Knoxvillians. Buster Schoberg works uh, for the moment in time. Uh, Buster, uh, we know going into the match, um, you had suffered a knock at some point. Uh, Coach Dean Gray described you as a Viking who doesn't want to come off the field uh, no matter what. Uh, today, you performed heroically for the side, scored a goal, uh, were concrete in the back. Uh, can you describe uh, how you feel about your performance tonight? No, I think it was good. I think the whole team was solid. And then I'm lucky to get to score a goal like that. It's not the hardest goal I've scored. I've not scored many, but not the hardest. But it's just fun to to be the guy to put the signature on the on the painting there. The other guys do the work, and I get to score a goal. So obviously you're a big, strong player. The team lined up tonight with a lot of height, with a lot of power. The game got very, very physical. Uh, it got chippy. There were a lot of yellow cards handed out. What's your mindset when the game gets like that? What what, what do you tap into in your head when you know the game's physical and, and a card could come out at any moment? I think it's about like taking every situation as a new situation. Don't get like caught up in what happened before. Because if I'm running around thinking about what happened on the right side when I stepped on someone and committed a foul, the next time I step into a situation, it's gonna be, I'm probably gonna be very frustrated and step even harder next time. So always like reset between these situations and always like be like a blank sheet of paper every time you go into a challenge. So we obviously have a lot of center backs in the team. Um, usually we only see three at a time on the field and none on the bench. Uh, we've seen different combinations with you, Finn McRobb, Danny Fernandez, Alberto Suarez, Farid Sarsar. What is it like for you playing at the back and having potentially a new partner every time around you? What's the relationship like between the center backs? How do you approach your style of play? I think it's very fun because all of us are very good players. So it's like, even if I play with different players I've never played with before, it's like, I know they're good enough 
to have a good performance. And I know I'm, myself is good enough to play with a new player. So it's always fun because I think we're six, seven guys who are very good in the back. So it's, it's just fun, to be honest. If you had to describe in Swedish uh, your reaction uh, to this game, what you feel like, the first shout of joy that you send, I mean, what, what, do, you, what do you say? What, what is that in, in Swedish? You want to hear it in Swedish? <laughs> I don't know if I should say that. It's a bit vulgar. <laughs> We don't understand anyway. My parents, my dad is there, my sister is there, so I'll skip it this time. <laughs> all right. Uh, can, you, can you clean it up for us and give us uh, perhaps the English version of it? Go home to all the fans. That's basically <laughs> it. Yeah. Thank you, Buster. We also spoke to Yannick Kranz, who opened the goal scoring tonight. Ryan, can you talk me through why Yannick uh, stood out and what Dino was saying about him last week? So Yannick Kranz, we've not seen a lot of him this season. Uh, he started this game in an advanced position. And Dino said Yannick is a deceiving player uh, because he doesn't look like he moves much on the ball. You see him and he, he struts a little bit. At times he's walking. And really in the first half, uh, he didn't seem like he was, he was that into the game. Um, he didn't get a lot of opportunities to touch the ball. Uh, again, when Knoxville played a different style today, there was not that creativity that you get when you have a Benny Montero on the pitch or a Zion Andrade or a Giorgio Kaczewski who came in later in the match. However, in the second half, Kranz came alive. He was strong. He was dominant. He got that opportunity, and, and he put it past the goalkeeper. Dino told me that when you put the trackers on Yannick, he tends to run more than any of the other players on the pitch, that in the past couple of matches – he would have given him the man of the match award, including against Peachtree City, which, as we discussed, the coaching staff was not satisfied with the performance of the teams. They didn't they did not think that the team played to its level at home. There were a lot of unforced errors, but the one standout was Yannick. And it's only fitting that he would open the scoring tonight, like yep, we said, absolutely. with a cracking strike of the ball uh, to rival Zion's opening goal last week. And Yannick was a, an absolute pleasure to talk to. So here you'll hear you'll hear what he had to tell me. I got Yannick Kranz here. Yannick, uh, you were the goal scorer tonight. We haven't seen you much this season, uh, but Dean Gray described your last two performances as man of the match performances. This game was really tough from the onset. Uh, you were playing in a new position. How did you feel during the first half of the game? Going into halftime. Um, to be honest, the first half was really exhausting because also the weather was pretty hot and we were pressing a lot and they did it really good. But I think in the second half we, we had more possession and had more of the, the game under control. And then we, we scored and it went in the right way. So Knoxvillians who have seen you play before have seen you in that holding midfield position. Tonight you were in an advanced role. On the first goal of the night in the second half, the ball deflected back to you. You raced onto it, hit it hard and low, and scored. What was going on in your mind as you approached that ball? I mean, I saw the ball coming to me, and I had to, I had to take it. I had to take the risk, and luckily it, it went in. What does it feel like tonight, getting the performance that you did, playing uh, for so long in the game? Uh, we didn't see you early on in the season. You've been coming into it. How do you feel about your fitness, uh, where you are in terms of levels and what you have left to give in the next couple of games. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy that I, I'm playing more now. And um, I have the feeling from game to game, I get more fit, more in the game and stuff like that. I'm pretty proud and lucky that we won the game. Buster Schoberg would not tell us in Swedish what his reaction was like after the game, perhaps in German. Uh, what, what was it like? What was the first thing that went through your head uh, as soon as that whistle blew and, and when Knoxville were, were the winners? 
I think it's Zauber uh, Jungs. And that translates to? Means like, well done, mates. All right, great. Thank you, Yannick. All right, Brian. So we've named a couple of our players here, and you have a nickname for Steven Afrifa, but you're considering a, a name change. What is Steven's original uh, nickname, and what are you going for next? So I'm going to renege on Stevie Wonderboy Afrifa, which... That was kind of good, man. It was pretty clever. Uh, we also got a suggestion from some of our One Knoxville supporters in the Discord, Stevie Stretch Afrifa, okay. because the man moves like he has no bones in his mm. body. Uh, somehow he can, you know, tap a ball out five yards from him and still retrieve it with the same foot. But talking to Steven, he referred to himself as as being kind of like a snake, oh. uh, slithering on the pitch, very shrewd. Uh, and I like the idea of Steven the Snake Afrifa. So on his goal, the third goal of the match, Steven Afrifa took the ball into the corner, and it looked like he was going to buy some time. But something snapped in his brain, and he said, <laughs> let me try to dribble through three defenders into the 18. And he did so like a circus performer, like a ballerino. Like I, I would say Stephen the Snake slithered through. He slithered through the defenders. Stephen the Snake of Frifa slithered through like a cobra patiently and then struck. The goalkeeper had no chance. I think he's going to stick, man. He was bit with the venom. and one. <laughs> He right, was, I think that's a touch too far. He was bit with the venom and one knocks went up 3-1. That's the goal that won them the golden the golden boot, the golden hiking boot. Let's get to Steve and the Snake of Prepa right now. Yes, I am here with the goal scorer, Steven Afrifa, again, the super sub tonight. Uh, Steven, you came on and you scored the goal that actually decided the Smoky Mountain Series that won, won Knoxville the trophy. Can you talk me through that play and, and what it felt like putting the ball in the back of the net? Honestly, my whole mindset behind that, taking it to the corner, waste time. I seen I was 1v1 with the defender, said might as well take it. Got around him and came inside, seen the defender flat-footed, and it was just keep jamming it inside, took the shot. Best feeling I've had in a long time. So glad I scored. Glad to get the three points and take the series. So uh, I think on the commentary last week, I described you as having uh, bones that were made of something different than bones uh, because of your flexibility, because of how silky you are on the ball. Can you talk, me, talk to me about your style of play? Do you model it off anything? What do you try to do when you're on the ball? I honestly have no idea. I don't, every time people ask me about how I move like a snake, I don't have an explanation for it. I watch a lot of dribblers. A lot of tricky players, but I don't really have one that I model after. It's just all bring everything together. So it's pretty much it. So that was your fifth goal of the season. You came in. We've got a lot of goal scorers on this team. You've had to share the striker duties with Seba Andresen, with Max McNulty at times, with Lucas Sunison last week. Uh, can you talk to me about the chemistry uh, between the attackers and the way you approach the game, whether you're starting or you're coming in as a substitute late in the match? Started the season, came in. We looked decent through the first two weeks, but we weren't. We didn't really have that chemistry yet. Took us a, po a couple games to get going. Once we did, everything was good from there. And about not starting, we don't mind. Like, we don't care at all. It's just we know we're coming on, and we know we have to uh, be impactful. So it doesn't really matter who starts. It's just we got to come on and do our job. We support each other and we fight for each other. Steven, what was going through your head when you were on the sideline, holding that boot, celebrating, knowing that the the trophy came to one Knoxville, came to the city? Uh, because of you. Something I wanted since this morning, so it was good. And getting it, amazing feeling. Like once again, one of the best feelings I've had in a long time. Amazing support from the guys that came down from Knoxville. 
and amazing to bring them this trophy. We are coming home, top of the table, hosting Tennessee SC this Saturday, and we're kind of thankful for this matchup. A little bit easier on the boys, but the gaffer did remind them that they have another cup final this coming Saturday against Tennessee SC. So the pedal to the metal is still on, still four more games of this season. You can't take any breaks on this one. So they have their sights now set on Saturday. Uh, Brian, final thoughts of the match going into Saturday. So I was really glad to hear Mark McKeever talk about the character of this team. Uh, they showed it tonight in some unfavorable conditions. He talks a lot about adversity and overcoming adversity. And I think overcoming a national side that spoiled the party for one Knoxville in its first ever game where we had more than 2,200 people at Austin East Stadium expecting, expecting a victory. Yes. One Knoxville is a heavily touted side. Uh, speaking with the owners of the team, you know, when you want to make a statement as a club that's coming into the league, you get the best coach in the league, and that's what they did. League Two Coach of the Year, Mark McKeever. You bring players on that are championship winners. That's what they did. They brought nine players from that Des Moines Menace side that won the national title last year. So it was deflating to lose. Today, they got vengeance. They got a 3-1 scoreline. They bettered Asheville by a goal. In fact, they scored a fourth goal late in the match, which was disallowed because of a misunderstanding on the sideline. It looked like Jared Cashin had taken a throw-in when it should have been a free kick. Simon Afrifa, Steven's brother, who played in his first match for the club, he scored that goal, but it, unfortunately it was called back. There was an excitement in the air uh, because the team showed that it could handle tough conditions. It could handle tough conditions away. It could handle a rowdy home crowd that was interacting with them and was talking smack throughout the full 90 minutes. It could handle a referee who handed out yellow cards freely. Even though we did see a red card given at the end of the match, it was laid into added time in the second half. And really the result was kind of decided by that point. So I think that going into the Tennessee SC match, we might see the team, I'm not going to say relax a little bit, but we may see them come in uh, with a little bit of that gorilla off of their back and, and be able to play some football. The challenge for McKeever is going to be to the boys now, hey, you're at home in front of your people. I expect you to control the ball. I expect you to dominate the opponent. I expect you to score goals. I expect you to look really, really good doing that. Play, playing that sexy soccer that he's talked a lot about, uh, trying to get the team to that, to that Lamborghini. Uh, McKeever told me that during the week for Father's Day, he and Dino went out with their, with their wives, with their kids, and they actually went to Gay Street and had Cruise Farm ice cream. And right as they were walking in, they turned because they heard this car engine, and it was a Lamborghini right <laughs> in front of Cruise Farm. And everybody turned and looked. You could not miss that car moving down the street. And that's what he wants one Knoxville to play like. Yes. Where when, yes. People, when people see this club, when people see these players on the ball, they turn and look. They can't take their eyes off it. So that's what we should expect for Tennessee Soccer Club. When these two teams face each other earlier in the season, one Knoxville pulled off the 1-0 victory away in some really, crazy really conditions. hazardous, crazy conditions. We had Ami Rabi, the director of soccer operations, on the pod who talked us through that because there was no stream for that match. I'm really curious what it's going to look like at Maryville College. We had more than 2,000 people come out last Saturday, Patty, to watch one Knoxville get that 3-0 win over Peachtree. How many will come out on Saturday? Hopefully more. Yep, yep. So uh, we'll see. But it's, it's going to be it's a big relief, hopefully. Uh, the boys get some good sleep tonight, and we'll see them at their very best on Saturday. Hey there, listener. This is Brian, and I am 
sending you this little note to remind you that this Saturday against Tennessee Soccer Club at Maribel College, our own Patty Teasdale will be making his grand debut on the PA. So Patty will be calling out the lineups. He'll be calling out the big plays, the cards. I'm trying still as hard as I can to get him or Casey to use the term goal or done when the boys score. So if you've got things for him to say or ideas for a goal call or whatever, drop us a note and let's get after it. Also want to shout out Adam Engel and Jeff Markman for correctly predicting the scoreline 3-1 against Asheville. Great job, guys. And a special thanks to our own soccer dad, Sam Weisbrod, who was driving the uh, Secret Service SUV. We were totally safe and not driving and recording at the same time. He got us there and back safely. So thank you so much, Sam. Appreciate it. All right, be sure to follow along at knocksoccerpodcast.com as well as on Instagram. We got some awesome clips and videos for you just for the perspective of being an away fan at Asheville, as well as on Twitter. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts telling us where you're listening from and what you enjoy about the pod. This podcast is brought to you by Late Night Taco Bell Run, uh, as well as these beautiful mountains that we cannot see, but we better sign off here before I throw up. Doritos Locos Tacos. Doritos Locos Tacos. All right, so uh, here we come. One Knoxville on top of the table coming back. The victors of the Smoky Mountain series. I wish we could sign off with that Swedish phrase that Buster Schoberg refused to tell us because his parents were right beside him. <laughs> Thank you, Buster. Buster.